0: this morning we're continuing on this series titled "Unleash." We're going to get right into it. Um, it is our desire in this series to, to break free from the things in this world that are holding us back from the abundant life that Jesus has for every single one of us. You know, Jesus came to give us life, life to the full. He told us that. And that was life for all eternity, you know, amen, up in heaven, but also for the here and now. And last week when we started this conversation, I kicked it off with, I challenged you with a question. I challenged you to go have a conversation with God. I said, go home, get on your knees, spend some time alone with God, and ask him, say, God, I come before you asking you to please show me where I have become leashed in life, missing out from what the abundant life that you have for me through your son, Jesus Christ. I ask you to go home and have this conversation with God. Did you do it? Did you go home, get by yourself, and have this conversation with God? If not, why not? Why not? Do you not believe that God has the best life for you? Do you not believe that God is big enough, that God is strong enough, that he loves you enough to absolutely make it happen so you have the best life possible, here and now and forever with him, amen? Or... Are you walking around with that retractable leash? You think that you're free, but you're going around, and every time you try to step in and go in a different direction, you are limited. You think that you're free, but you're not going where God has called you to go. Listen, last week I told you, you have to decide. You have to make the decision for yourself if you're going to unleash your life and let God bring you in to all he has for you. Jesus gives it freely. You have to decide that you want it, all right? So if you didn't have that conversation last week, I'm going to challenge you this week. Go home and talk to God. Say, what is, what is holding me back? What is leashing me from everything that you give, have for me, Jesus? And then start making plans to bust free from that. You know, today we're going to turn this to unleashing from not just a Personal view, but we're gonna look at it from a corporate view as a church. You know, we if we want to unleash our lives, if we desire to take the next step for all that God has for us, we need to unleash as a church. We need to unleash as a church. There's a direct connection to living and embracing a life to the full that Jesus has for every single one of us and the unleashing of his church. Let me explain for a second. When people say the church. Many people believe or think of a brick and mortar building. When you say the church, in our case, it's pretty much steel and sheetrock, but all across the country, or maybe across the world, people think that it's an absolute building. The church is a building, the church is a structure where people gather on a Sunday morning to have Sunday services, where people gather for funerals or they come together for weddings, but they have all these sorts of functions. They believe or they think the church is a building. Well, that's not true. The truth is the church is not a building. The church is people. The church is people. The the church is people who have heard the message heard the message of Jesus Christ and through faith have surrendered their lives and make him the Lord of their life. They come to a decision in a point in their life where they say, listen, I'm no longer going to live for myself, but I'm going to live for the one who saved my soul and gave me eternity. If you have done that, you are the church because that's what the church is. And so as I look across the room this morning, I see a lot of people who are the church. I mean, come on, the church grew by three this week. Three, Riley is a part of the church. Blake is a part of the church. Stephen, where are you? Where are you? He's here. You are a part of the church. The church is people. It's a body of people with, has lives been transformed by Jesus Christ. And if we want our lives to be unleashed, life to the full, the best possible life, we as a church, people, need to live the life on the mission that Jesus called us to live. Our mission as a church is simply to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That is you and me who said yes to Jesus, living missionally, living intentionally, to share the message with the world around us. Like this morning on your seats again are those invite cards. You either put them in the seat in front of you or the seat, little seat pocket, I'm gonna I'm hide them in there or they're stuck on your back end because you didn't see them or you slid them to the chair next to you or maybe you actually picked them up because you're gonna hand them out. That's you choosing to take those invites, pray over them and put them in the hands of people that you need to know that need Jesus. You living missionally, you as a church member you with me on that it's also inviting themselves you talking to them inviting them to accept Jesus see we have this thing there's this thing in this church right now it's really crazy that all we need to do is invite people that's what we do we invite them to come in you know the pastor Dre pastor Rich is going to share the message of hope people are going to accept the gospel it's absolutely amazing that's not true you as a part of the body have the opportunity to share Jesus You have the opportunity to sit down and talk to someone about their need of Jesus and pray with them as they walk across the threshold from death to life. It doesn't need to be here. It doesn't need to be in this room. Friends, the unstoppable gospel is for everyone, everywhere, at every moment. It's for everyone. It's for all humanity. It's for everywhere. There's not a place in this world that doesn't belong. And it can happen at any moment, at any second, that you take the opportunity to share someone's life. Someone's life can be changed forever. That is us living on mission. But the problem is we get stuck. The problem is we get leashed. We stall out. We let our traditions, our preferences, our personal agenda, or maybe even our complacency to slow us down. Maybe even that it stops us from moving forward. We celebrate all of our accomplishments. Like, hey, look at all that's happening. Look at all that's done. That's just absolutely amazing. And we just stop. God's done some amazing things. And, he had it, and we're just going to sit back and relax. Friends, that's why there are hundreds, if not thousands of churches closing their doors each year. Hundreds or thousands of groups of people who stopped gathering because they failed to live missional lives. They thought they got to the point, this is our heyday, this is the way it needs to be, this is the way it always needs to be, and everything's absolutely wonderful, we're gonna sit back, and everybody's just gonna come on in. It's like the field of dreams, you build it, they'll come. And they end up closing their doors. A church that is leashed will eventually cool slow down stop have anybody been at a campfire before and look inside and see all those nice and hot coals have you ever pulled one out by itself it kind of loses its way it starts cooling down it's no longer glowing hot anymore and eventually just dies out that's what happens to a church that's leashed. Kind of lose their own way, lose what their way, what God's called them to do. They're, they're by themselves doing their own little thing, and then they're no longer hot for Jesus, they're not on fire for Jesus. We used to be on fire for Jesus, but not anymore. And they start quieting it down, quieting it down, quiet it down. And they end up closing their doors. That happens all year long, every year. The church gets Leashed. And when we shut it down, we tie down what was meant to be free. The message that we received, hope we received for ourselves. We stop telling others about it. And from what I read in Scripture, we're not done until Jesus comes back. Am I wrong with that? Am I, are we, are we done? Okay, has Jesus come back? Okay, yeah. yeah, we have work to do. We have work to do. Until Jesus comes back, we are called as his body of believers whose lives have been radically changed to go tell someone else about him. We are, we need to unleash what Jesus has launched. Unleash what Jesus has launched. He launched it almost 2,000 years ago, and we are called to never hold it back, but to let it go. You with me on that? All right, let's get in. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, we're going to be starting at verse 13 this morning. Matthew 16, 13. If you grab an orange Bible on the way in, you will find it on page 669. Matthew 16, 13, page 669. This morning, we're actually stepping into a sweet conversation. I love that we can do this with Scripture, that Jesus is having with his disciples. It's a conversation that's setting the stage for something absolutely miraculous to be revealed. And he does this. this is Jesus. Jesus is awesome. He does this by asking one simple question. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, your Bibles, your Bible apps, whatever you have. If you don't have anything, you can see it on the screen. Let's look at verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Simple question. Who do people say the Son of Man is? Let's just stop right there. Think about this. He's walking up and he's saying, okay, fellas. What's the word on the street? What are people saying? What are the ladies at the the hair salon, what are they talking about? What about those old guys that hang out, have their coffee in the morning? You know, if you go, I'm sorry, I just called you old. But you gather together and with your buddies and you have your coffee. What are they saying? What are the kids saying in the, in the, in the hallways at schools? Is Jesus said, listen, I have been, I've been healing people, casting out diseases and evil demons. and We've been doing some things. What are people saying? Who do they say I am? Well, then they replied, look at verse 14. Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Stop there again. These guys are like, Jesus, you're spot on. People are talking. You're doing some crazy cool things and you've got people's attention. And they're saying some things, but they're they're saying you're John the Baptist. Now, I shared last week that John the Baptist was beheaded by the king, which was Jesus' cousin. In Elijah and Jeremiah, they're, they're Old Testament prophets, Old Testament prophets where God spoke to them, and they would speak to God's people. But then Jesus takes it one step further. He makes it absolutely personal. I love Jesus because he always make it personal. Jesus is a personal Savior, not a distant deity, my friends. He's a personal Savior. And he goes on to say, what about you? <laughs> What about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Let's just stop there again. Peter, who is known with foot and mouth disease, right? This dude just says the wrong things at the wrong times many times. But this time he gets it right. He says, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You're the one that we were told that was going to come and change everything. You're the one that was told through the scriptures that was going to come and save our people. And then you got to love Jesus' response. He replied, bless you, Simon. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jodah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Let's just stop there again. This is not even my notes, but I read this right now, and I think about it. I thought about the first service. It was not revealed to you. Peter, you're not smart enough Right. It wasn't about you. You didn't make that decision. My father revealed to you who I am. And I think about this. This situation right here, this light being on, everyone in this room who accepted Jesus, we think, well, I accepted Jesus. No, 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 no. God chose you. He revealed to you where you were without him, and he called you to himself, and you're like, oh, I need Jesus. Here I go. All right? He called you, he revealed it to you, and that's what you did. And that's what he's he's saying to Simon Peter. You didn't figure it out. God revealed to you who I am. And you're right. I am who you say I am. Now that's pretty cool we sang that song this morning. As we're proclaiming to God, I am who you say I am, Jesus is saying I am who I say I am. I am the great I am. And I'm going to build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So then I get, I get rid of Scripture, and I start asking all sorts of crazy questions. Be very, very thankful that you are not in my head. Um, because I start reading this when Jesus is talking to his disciples, and I think, what were they thinking when he said the word Church. Because at this point, my friends, the church has not been established yet. It was something to come. It actually happened at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down to the birth of the church in Acts chapter 1. You can read your Bibles and you catch it there. The church was going to be something new. Even in this room of those who are listening online, there are many thoughts when it comes to the church. I can't imagine what these guys are thinking. But we have some ideas when it comes to church. Like, I'm going to come to church and, you know, that's my social club. That's when I catch up with my peeps. Or, or church is a place where I go on Sunday and I wear my, my Sunday best. This is not my best. <laughs> or maybe, maybe church is a place where we show up every Sunday acting like we have it all together. <laughs> forget, forget the last six days. <laughs> then we show up in church. Hey, God is good. Or maybe you're in this room and you've experienced this in the past. And one of the reasons why you didn't, you're shadowed not cross the threshold of any church because you felt like a church was a place you showed up and you were judged. They're going to see me from my past, they're going to look at me differently. And you felt like you didn't belong or you were unwanted or unwelcome. Friends, when Jesus was saying the church, that is not what he's talking about. In fact, this, this Greek word that we translate into church, I actually there's a slide up on the screen, it's called ecclesia. The church, ecclesia. This is what he means when he's talking about the church. It's a group of called out people, it's an assembly of called out people. That's what the church is. And what Jesus was saying to his disciples, like, listen, I'm going to start a movement. I'm going to start a movement that's going to change the world. A movement of people who believe and follow me. A movement of people who share the message of what I'm going to do for all humanity. And that is going to be called the church. In fact, I was reading this, This morning in Acts chapter 17, it talks about how Paul went with his companions to the synagogue in Thessalonica to to share the message of hope, and they didn't like it. The Jews didn't like it. There's people who didn't like it, and they came to this guy's house named Jason. We're going to take care of this guy named Paul, and they couldn't find Paul, so they pulled Jason out, a bunch of believers, and they dragged him in front of the Sanhedrin, a bunch of the the Jewish followers and leaders at the time, and said, "These are the people." These are the people in verse verse 6 where it says, the world, they have come here and turned the world upside down in the King James Version. Jesus says, I'm going to start a movement that's going to turn everything on its head. And the gates of hell cannot overcome it. So let's look back at verse 18, and read a little bit differently this morning. He says, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, he's talking about the foundational truth of who I am and what I came to do. I will build my church. I will build a movement of people, called out people, to proclaim the message of hope, and the gates of Hades will not overcome them. That's what Jesus was saying not a structure, but a group of people whose lives are radically transformed by the grace of God that they're going to go out and share hope with all around, and it cannot be stopped. That's the church. And if you have said yes to Jesus, that is you. That's what I mean when I say we need to unleash what Jesus launched. We can't rest on past accomplishments. We can't hold it to ourselves. We are called to go tell people about Jesus. That's unleashing our lives, doing what God has called us to do. We must never put any barrier in front of us that stops us from doing what God has called us to do as a church, as individuals. I want to be really clear. I'm not saying that, if okay, people are, all the people are going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to step aside let them take it. No, 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 no. You're a part of it. God saved you on purpose, for purpose. And that purpose is far greater than yourselves. It's to go tell people about the one who saved your soul and changed your life. Unleash what Jesus has launched. Now I'm going to give us three things we need to proclaim. Three things we're going to be claiming as we start unleashing and going out and telling people about Jesus. I want to give you three things that we are to proclaim. The first is the church is for the truth. The church is for the truth. We live in a culture and a time where people don't like the truth. Where people believe What I believe to be true is true. What you believe is true, that's okay. It's true for you. It's not necessarily true for me. They don't want absolute truth. And the fact that the scripture is called absolute truth, they disregard that as well. They don't want. Not just the world. I want to be really clear with this. It's not just the world. There's a movement that's happening across the church right now it really scares me Steph and I sat up last night we are reading several articles and it's called progressive Christianity and it's moving through churches and it's distorting people's view of God and how to live and what they can approve of What they, if it, okay I don't like that verse I don't have to follow that verse or you know God is this kind of person he's not this kind of person they start changing scripture so it's not even just happening in the world it's happening in his church Progressive Christianity, look it up. It's absolutely scary. That's why I'm telling you, we need to be reading our Bible, well-versed, studying, understanding who God is, how he's called us to live, and don't let what the people want to do in this world mess with that. Jesus carries this out by saying in John 14, 6, I am the way and the what? Truth. I am The what? And the what? Truth. And the life, and no one comes to the Father than me. Jesus is the very definition of truth. He is the word of God. He is the message of truth that we're called to share. And knowing the truth, living the truth, surrendering the truth sets lives free. That's what we're called to share the truth. Tell people about Jesus. Who cares about the weather? It's cold outside. Welcome to winter. The second thing we proclaim, the church is for love. The church is for love. Again, I think culture takes everything God meant to be good and twists it further themselves. Love in our culture is so, so confusing. We want to experience love. We want to know what love is. We want to be loved. We want to express love to people. And because we desire this a part of our lives, it becomes a very driving force in our lives. And we start looking for love in the wrong places and trying to live out a different way. And we end up walking away feeling empty. For some of us, we search for love in our relationships. We love our boyfriends, we love our girlfriends, you know, they so we we do things we shouldn't. We we act crazy, we go crazy, we do crazy things, we live crazy lives. Why? Because we want love. I mean, come on. We created a multi billion dollar holiday multi-billion dollar holiday to say, I love you. Will you be my Valentine? Friends, last year in 2022, in America, we spent $23.9 billion on Valentine's Day junk. All because we want to feel loved, we want to express our love, Because we think we love, 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 love. We feel like people are going to fill, fulfill us. Let me just tell you it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Let me just say this. If Steph thought I could fulfill her, (laughs) well, she knows I can. She's got another thing coming. Because the love I have for her fails in comparison to the love that Jesus has for her. She finds her fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And that's the same for you. We find all our love and and everything we have that we need in Jesus. We need to be not seeking approval for other people. We don't need to see their blessing or pleasing them. It's absolutely exhausting. They will never fill us. Only God will. That's why he steps in. He steps into a world. You see, God, God is perfect love. He loves you unconditionally. There's nothing you can do to make him love you less. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. That's why it's unconditional. He loves you so much that he willing to send his son to die for you. Why? could die for your sins on the cross, conquering that three days later so in faith we can be with him. That is love. Not what the society says. Not what culture's burning in there. Not what people are seeking outside of relationship with Jesus. No, it starts with Jesus. Do me a favor, close your eyes for a second. I'm going to read a couple verses. I want them, I would settle, settle over your soul. Listen to this. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. That while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Now open up. That's love. That's the love of a mighty God and an amazing son for you and for all those around you in life. The love message we are called to share with the rest of the world, the love of Jesus changes everything. But for some reason, that love that we're called to share We look out to the world and we shake our heads. We look out to the world and we shake our fingers. We look out to the the world, the people around us who, who don't live like we do or we think that we're actually living and we're shocked. We're appalled. We want nothing to do with them, for them, even though they may need the love of Jesus. We're like, I want nothing to do with you because of what you do or have done and how you live. Again, if you read the Bible, it's not what God called us to do. Regardless of where they're at, we're called to share the message of hope. You know, one of the phrases I used when our boys were young and growing up is every time we'd see someone where somewheres where they're acting a way or spoke a certain way or or did a certain thing in front of us, and uh, one of the things we'd say is, guys, we can't expect them to act like Jesus if they don't know Jesus. We can't expect them to act like Jesus if they don't know Jesus. If they do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then we can't expect them to act like Jesus Christ. Church, we're we're not in charge of legislating morality. We are in charge of proclaiming the Savior who sets people free. That is our job. We must change, God must change their hearts before he can change their behavior. Amen? The last thing we proclaim is the church is for people. The church is for people. Since the church is people, it pretty much makes sense that it's for people. That God is for them, even when, you don't, when people don't think he's not. Even if you're in this room you think like, he is not a, he's against you, no, Jesus is for you. Every person is important to God, created in his image. We have a, a phrase at the guest services team, it's very simple, it says, everyone has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. If you're in this room, you matter to God. If you're outside these walls, they matter to God. You are not an accident. You're not here by accident. Maybe for a divine appointment to meet Jesus for the first time in your life. He created you. He knows you. He loves you. He knows how many hairs are on top of your head or the lack of hairs on top of your head. There's no question, no question in what he's called us to do and what we are called to proclaim. And there's no question in what God has been doing in his church, vertical church. As we continue to watch people's lives get changed, addictions be broken, Marriage is restored. Jesus changes everything, friends. And we did a series last fall. The best is yet to come. We are two weeks into the new year when we've already celebrated four people's lives been changed by the message of hope. Come on. But if we want to continue to grab a hold of everything God has for us personally, we need to live the life that he's called us to live and do what he's called us to do. We need to unleash what he has launched. We are called to go out. We need to believe with everything inside of us that God is not done. There are people in your life who need Christ. The church is never a me thing, it's not a you thing, it's a we thing. It's a body of believers, a movement created by Christ. So I'm asking you, will you join me? Will you come along for the ride of what God has for us? Will you break free from your comfort zone? Have that awkward conversation with your coworker. Throw the invite at him. Jesus loves you. Maybe not. Maybe hand it to him, then run. See, I believe if we fully surrender to what God has called us to do as his transformed body, that people in 10, 20, 30 years from now will turn around and will say, those people, Those people knew, and they impacted our community and made a kingdom difference. In this town, in the next town, in the next county, wherever God takes us, will you unleash what Jesus launched? I want be really clear. This is not a, a motivational speech. To motivate someone means to push. You push them. That's what motivation means. I'm hoping that God inspires you through his word. Inspiration means in spirit. It means God's speaking to you as individuals, as a part of his body, and he's saying to me, come along. He may want to push you, Get that engine going, boy. But he's saying, Come, will you come along? I've given you the greatest message given to mankind. We unlatch and go tell your neighbor about me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for this opportunity to gather as your people, as your church lives that have been transformed by the hope of Jesus Christ. A movement that you created to turn the world upside down. God, I pray that you are speaking to every heart in this room, every heart who hears this message through our podcast, wherever it may be. It's time to get radical. It's time to unlatch what's been holding us back living on mission for you. Help us, Father, do just that. Find what it is, what's holding back. Is it fear? Well, cast out fear because it comes from the pit of hell. Is it doubt? Well, that's just Satan whispering in your ear. God, show us the way. May we be courageous to follow it as your body. And right now I'm going to call our prayer team, come forward. And I'm never going to assume that everyone in this room has a follower of Jesus. And if you're in this room this morning and you've like, hey, I want to, I've been hearing about this Jesus and this transformed life. I want this relationship. I'm going to encourage you to come forward after service. This prayer team wants to walk with you, pray with you as you step across the threshold of faith from death death to life. Don't walk out those doors until you make it right with the one who loves you the most. I'm also not going to assume that, like I said, we have everything together in this room. If you are walking through some stuff, you need help from breaking free those things that you're having in conversation with God, come forward and talk to the prayer team. Share with them. Let them pray with you. Let them pray over you. God's blessing in your life, power to break you free so you can grab a hold of everything that He has for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come to sing Your praises. You're the only one who deserves it. And it's in Your Son's name I pray. Amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week.